0: Is
1: real. Power in your name. We
0: of course, in the parable, Jesus is the sower and the seed is the word of God. So what you have is you have Jesus who never changes, you have the Word of God who never changes, but Jesus and His Word interacts with four different types of soils, four different qualities or characteristics of the heart. And depending on the qualities and characteristics of the soil that it goes in depends on what happens.
1: In today's message, Pastor Daniel will be sharing the parable of the sower, or as he refers to it, the parable of the soils. Jesus tells a story to illustrate how people receive and apply his word by comparing them to four places someone may scatter seed to grow. Your heart represents the soil he wants to plant his word in. Today, you'll learn why having a hard heart makes it tough for truth and love to get in, and how Jesus can help change that. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, as he begins his message, How's Your Heart?
0: Today I want to talk with you about something that is so street level for each one of us. It's a reality that is part of not only every situation of your life, but every interaction that you have. There's something that each one of us brings to every detail of life, and that's you. You. You bring yourself there. Now, I know that's like, well, duh. Like, But the reality is, is a lot of times we don't really think about what it is that we bring to the table, who we are. And for each one of us, the details of your life, the way you look at the world, the way that you interpret the experiences that you have, the way that you integrate into your life beautiful things, and horrendous things, you're the one who does that. See, we live in a blame-shifting culture. Now, that's not a new thing. I mean, that's as old as Adam and Eve. But the thing is, is so often we want to push away from us the very decisions that we make, right? And when the Bible talks about who we are, the word that is used is our heart, right? The heart is who you are essentially, It's the deep person that is you. Now, what's interesting is that, of course, Jesus, when they asked him what the most important commandment was, he said that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And of course, you should love your neighbor as yourself. But really, the heart is that control center of your life. And really, what your heart does is your heart is the place where all your information is filtered to and decisions are made. So your heart is the control center of your life, your thoughts, the needs of the body, the your will and your passion, your desires. And if you're a born again follower of Jesus, where the still small voice of the Holy Spirit whispers God's heart for you and you make decisions about your life, right? So the heart is that place where you make decisions from, And you bring your heart into every situation. And your heart is a major player in everything that you deal with. Everything. There's nothing that you do not have a part in. Now, I'm not saying that you have a part in choosing every circumstance that you deal with or situation that you deal with. But how you choose to deal with those things, guess what? That's all yours. And for many of us, we spend our lives blaming others or playing the victim when really, if you're the kind of person who's here today and you feel like a victim and people may have done horrendous things, you know, God knows, but the only reason you are playing the victim is you've chosen to be the victim. Now, I'm not saying that you didn't deal with horrible things. I mean, I mean, I've realized for many people, it was horrendous things, but what makes one person a victim and another person an overcomer? Same situation. What makes something terrible that goes on drive someone's life into the ground and takes someone else and drives their life into greater areas? It's that person's decisions that they make. And so I want to talk with you today a message that I've called, How's Your Heart? Now, as a teacher, I always want to give, you know, you tell stories, they're an illustration into a concept. And so historically, pastors when they were to tell a story you know they tell you that you should always be like the hero of your story now because that's what everyone does i'm contrary that way so if i ever tell a story i'm always like the goat of my story you know what i mean <laughs> and if you've been around crossroads you realize that you know it's like and so but i because th- we're talking about your heart like i need a good story that really kind of drives home this point and i'll be honest with you i couldn't find one I couldn't find one story about my own life where I'm like, yes, I got it right. Like, And it was kind of a little bit depressing, actually, you know, because I was like, man, this is like, I don't have a story. And But then, as is always the case, I actually saw an example of the kind of heart that God wants us to have this week in the life of our Lynn and my youngest child, Annabelle. Now, I haven't told Annabelle stories in a while. So Someone just said to me recently, when are you going to tell us an Annabelle story? Is she like getting better? No, she's not getting better. <laughs> but I also realized that here at Crossroads, when I tell an Annabelle story, it's like everybody hears it, and then everyone knows Annabelle. and like, oh, Annabelle. And you, you put on your helmet and your, and your body armor so that she doesn't mess you up. And so I didn't want to pigeonhole my daughter, so I figured I'd just leave the stories on the side. But So this week, we had a, a beautiful example of... One of the ways we ought to live, and I was thinking about this because, you know, Jesus said if you want that, you have to be like a little child to enter his kingdom, you know. And I've always read that, and I've always thought, man, that's a powerful thing, and it's just a lot there. And so, sure enough, this week, Annabelle, we got our first set of stitches. I can't believe Obadiah never got stitches. You know, I don't think Maranatha's ever fallen down, so she'll definitely never get stitches, (laughs) But, uh, cause she's that kind of girl, you know, but sure enough, Annabelle, she was hanging out with her friend and her friend was, you know, a little bit older than her and and maybe a little more coordinated. And her friend was like, you know, doing parkour off of a a bleacher and her friend landed it and Annabelle landed it on her face. Yeah. And so I got the text from Lynn, uh, Annabelle busted her face up. (laughs) You know, not in those exact words, but, and she's like, I'm going to go to urgent care. And so she sent me a picture and I was like, oh, Annabelle's going to get some stitches. Now, I'm just going to just be honest. Now, if it was Obadiah got a a, a gash on his face, I'd be like, oh, he's a dude. He's going to be fine, you know? And maybe that's like, you know, not gender equal of me, but because it was my little daughter, I was really like, oh no, you know? And so I got this picture and I was like, oh yeah, she's got, you know, she's going to get some stitches. And so Lynn's like, hey, why don't you meet me at the urgent Care? And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the urgent Care. And so sure enough, you know, I call Annabelle my little face because she's got a little face, you know what I mean? She's like this little person. And so I show up, and Annabelle's got like, she's got like a wrap around her head. She looks like the cutest little handmaiden in need of medical attention, you know? <laughs> Just like so cute. And she's sad, and so sure enough, she gets the stitches. And, and, you know, and I think getting the stitches was probably more traumatic for Lynn and I, than it was for Annabelle. But sure enough, we finally get out and she's got her six stitches under her chin. And, you know, and don't worry, man, it's just like, it's underneath, you know, like we're, you know, like didn't, you know, it's like underneath here. And so so she gets out from, from getting her stitches and we get to the car and everyone's like, oh, Annabelle, you're so brave and you're so amazing. And then she's like, can we go get ice cream? You know, and, and it was so sweet because it's like, you could imagine, I mean, if it was an adult, she'd be like telling you, give you the play-by-play of all like the horrific parts of it, but Annabelle wants to get ice cream. Now, what we kind of realized that night, but it became into more clear relief the next morning, was the fact that Annabelle went to get her stitches at night, and then the next morning she had her wellness checkup, and Annabelle was due for not one, but two shots. So Annabelle got six stitches at night, she got two shots the morning. Now, I would say that Annabelle had a rough 24 hours. Right. But what was amazing is by a couple hours later in the afternoon, Annabelle's getting mad that she like can't go in the pool. Because the doctor said, you know, keep her out of water because you want it to heal. And when you when it gets wet and, you know, when your fingers get like all like the kind of uh, the prickly stuff because you're getting it, it's not good for healing. So keep her out of the water. And Annabelle's like sitting on the stairs of the pool because we have this little pop up pool. And she's just like, I can't believe I don't get to go in the pool right now. You know what I mean? What was amazing, and so it's like, me and Lynn are trying to calm her down, and she just like wants to go do life. And I thought to myself, that's what it's like to be a little child. Because here's the thing, Annabelle got pretty busted up, and she got shots. And within six hours, she's like, we gotta go do this, we gotta go have some fun. But if she was an adult, she'd be like, I'm never gonna do anything again. (laughs) I will never sit on a bleacher again. I will never go to the doctors again because that doctor gave me shots, right? And the beauty is, is God started to minister to me because I'm like, the beauty of being a young child is you have a short memory, right? Like, I guarantee you, if there was bleachers in here, Annabelle would be jumping off it, doing parkour off it. That's what she'd be doing, right? Where any of us as adults would be like, oh, I better be very, very careful and I better, you know, put on whole body armor to go, you know, on the bleachers because I got hurt. And really what that is, it's a failure to guard your heart in the right way. See, that's the problem with getting older. We're big kids, but we, instead of keeping a short memory where you can put the past in the past, we bring the past into the present all the time, and we demean all these things that God wants to do because we're so busy focused on how he got hurt in the past that it might happen again, whereas my little daughter right now, is she were to break out a kid's church she'd come in here and she'd be peeling down the aisle she'll crash and burn be like Wah! you know and I'm like you know that's the kind of heart that I want to have I want to have a heart that even if bad things happen I pick myself up with Jesus dust myself off and get back on it and I think that's the kind of heart that you want to have as well amen amen We're going to do this message today that's called How's Your Heart? Now, in order to get it, I want you to open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. We're going to be taking verses 1 to 9 and then also verses 18 to 23. So, Matthew 13. We're going to have fun today. Are you guys having fun? Amen. I haven't even gotten go. I'm excited for this. Now, I stole this title, How's Your Heart? from my bride Lynn because my wife loves to say, How's Your Heart? But what's funny is that she used to say that a lot more when we were newly married, but now she kind of, we have kind of have like a more profound version where she'll say, so how's your barrels? Because remember Jesus in the greatest commandment, he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I made the point that really the heart is a control center for all of those. So Lynn will ask me, how's your barrel?" She's like, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing physically? And we can rate them all because all of those things play into how your heart is doing presently. In order to get this, we're in Matthew 13, but there's a verse that's one of my life verses that I want to kind of hang over the top of this, and that's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4:23 says this, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The reason I bring that out there is because for each one of us, your job in your life is to care for your own heart, to keep your heart. And not just keep it a little bit, with all diligence, with all perseverance, that literally every single day, you have a job to be the caretaker of your own heart. Why? Because out of your heart springs all the issues of life. Now, what that means is not that you have control over every situation. What that means is that you have control over how you respond to every situation, right? And so you, all the issues of your life, there are circumstances outside of you, but there are internal realities that you feed into those circumstances. Have you ever caught yourself making a mountain out of a molehill? Right? That's a failure to keep your own heart. Because something goes on, and it's bothersome, but then you blow it up, and it'd be a huge thing. It makes you think that the circumstances are bigger than they are. They're not. You just made them bigger. See, that's a failure for you to keep your heart with all diligence. And what we're going to see in this parable, it's historically called the parable of the sower, but I think it's better titled the parable of the soils. Because what you're going to find is there's a sower, somebody who's going out and he's planting seed, and the seed goes into four different types of soils. And depending on which type of soil it goes into, you get a different effect. Now, of course, in the parable, Jesus is the sower, and the seed is the word of God. So what you have is you have Jesus who never changes, you have the word of God who never changes, but Jesus and his word interacts with four different types of soils, four different qualities or characteristics of the heart, and... Depending on the qualities and characteristics of the soil that it goes in depends on what happens. And what I will tell you as we study these four together is that all of us have the propensity for all four soil qualities and in almost every day. Like we all want to be the good soil, but, and of course we're in church, I was like, oh yeah, I got good soil in my heart. But crossers is a place for real people, okay? So the whole, like, man, we are so spiritual, we always get everything right. Yeah, that's not this family, you know? Because, you know, how many of you know someone loves Jesus and they're being awful, and because they love Jesus, they're the only one who doesn't realize that they're being awful? We all know this kind of situation. Well, so we can be that way. And, and if you've been in church long enough, you're really good at justifying your awfulness with scripture verses, <laughs> right? And so, We, I believe we want to have good soil in our hearts, but for pretty much all of us, depending on the day, there might be one quality that is more prevalent. In any given day, you can display all four soil qualities. And if I look back over my life, I think you do as well, you'll find that different seasons, you have different qualities that are overriding for a season. Right? Where there might be a season where you're dealing... Actually... Let me read you the parable, and then we'll start to see it. So look at this. Matthew 13, verse 1 says it this way. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, in context, Jesus is out, and there are multitudes of people who want to hear his teaching. So he's by the water. So because all these people are there, Jesus gets in a boat, and they pull the boat out a little bit in the water so that everyone can hear. And if you've ever been to a lake, right, and especially a smaller lake, you ever notice that if you're on one side of the lake, you can actually hear the conversation of somebody on the other side of the lake? Because a lake or water, especially still water, acts as a natural amplifier. Right, It's like the frequencies of a voice, it hits the water, and it almost gets amplified as it goes across. So Jesus was strategic. It was long before microphones and sound systems and all these things. He just got in a boat. He'd speak normal volume. And because of the boat and the water, all of a sudden this word would be amplified. And he began to speak to the people in parables. And he tells this story, a simple story, a story that anybody could have understood. That there's this sower, this person, is, he's planting seed. And it goes into one soil or another soil, and all these different things happen. And then he closes with, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, at that point in the story, and if you were with us at our first message in this legend series, the disciples came and said, hey, so why are you talking to people in parables? Really what we found is that Jesus spoke in these parables, these stories, these legends, so that those who God wanted to know the truth would know it, and those who God didn't want to know the truth wouldn't know it. And then he went on to say that one of the problems is, is that there are people who have ears to hear that don't want to hear. Notice how he ended that parable? Like, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, really what's going on is Jesus said, the reason people don't understand what I'm talking about is because they don't want to. And he's telling a story about when he, Jesus, speaks to people how certain things are fruitful and certain things are not. So this parable actually gets at the reality that the reason that Jesus is misunderstood in our culture is not because of a problem with Jesus, it's a personal problem. It's an individual problem. It's even so much as a cultural problem. So these these four qualities or characteristics of a person's heart. So the first one, if you fast forward a little bit to verse 18, Jesus begins to explain the parable. Look at what it says. Verse 18, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Now, I'll say it this way that you and I have got to be careful. You don't want to be hard hearted. Don't be hard hearted. This is the first quality or characteristic of the soil of the heart, the seed by the wayside. Now you think about the wayside. It's the place where everybody walks. Now imagine, if you've ever been on a trail, and I mean, we live in the Pacific Northwest, so all of you had, not If you haven't, you need to get out, right? There's lots of beautiful hiking that goes on, but if you go to a beautiful trail that's been well hiked, you'll notice that that ground is hard, right? It was one time maybe all soft, Soil that was prepared to maybe even be harvested or have a garden. But that thing was hard as a rock because it's been pressed down and pressed down. It's been stepped on over and over and over again to the point where that soil that could bear fruit is so compacted that when the sower goes to sow the seed, the seed sits on top. It doesn't get anywhere. There is no avenue for the seed to get within the soil to be able to bear fruit. And Jesus says, look. Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is he who received it by the wayside. So here's the thing. One quality of the soil of your heart that you're keeping is that you could have a hard heart. And because you have a hard heart, God's word can't get in at all. You don't understand it. It sits on the surface. And you know what they call seed that's on the surface, they call it food for birds. I remember when uh, we were, well, I wasn't doing it. I was learning about this. They were planting our, our grass at our house. And I remember they put all the seed down, and then they put this other stuff over. I'm like, what are you doing? With, what's this stuff over? It's like, oh, listen, we cover this up, because if not, the birds will just come eat all the seed. But this covers, so the birds don't see it. The birds don't really want to mess with this stuff. And so the seed can get in, so it can really, I'm like, oh, how cool is that? And I automatically thought of this parable. So here's the thing. For some of us, and this is no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus or not walking with Jesus. All of us have the capacity to have hardness in our hearts. A lot of times that hardness is formed by people stepping on it. People hurt people. And if you've had enough bad stuff go on, it's natural for your heart to get hard, right? Now, for some of us, hardness of heart looks in all different areas. That there's things that have gone on that just makes us hard. Maybe it was bad relationships or situations. Maybe people just did awful things to you, right? And it develops a hardness of heart. And the problem, of course, with hardness of heart is that there's no room for the seed to get in at all. The seed sits on the surface and is exactly what the enemy, the wicked one, Satan wants because the word of God can't get in and change sits on the surface. It gets nowhere, right? Listen to what the Apostle Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. He says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Jesus
1: is Pastor Daniel today encouraged you to let Jesus get to work on your hard heart. You may not realize the areas where your heart has become callous over the years, but life tends to toughen up that part of you. There's a lot of truth from the word that Jesus wants to invest in your life, though, and he can't do that if you are resisting him. Let Jesus do some digging into your soul and allow him to soften your heart to his grace. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share about another kind of soil, one that's not necessarily hard, but that lacks depth for roots to take hold. This soil takes the word of God quickly and happily, but doesn't let it create lasting change. If you have this kind of soil in your heart, be careful. Let the truth of Jesus take root deep in your soul. Don't allow the enemy to throw you off track and steal that truth away. There is more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, Legends. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.